So I bet you didn't think that sex and money go hand in hand, but I can assure you (laughs) that it does. And on today's episode, we're going to discuss the interconnectedness of finance and intimacy and sex and everything else in between. Now, before we do that, of course, welcome to the A Balanced Life podcast. I am your host, Atiqua, aka That Finance Chick. I specifically help women heal and find balance through finance using personalized and passive wealth building systems. Today is going to be an interesting conversation. I have a special guest. Her name is Rashida. She is a sex educator and an intimacy coach. And I'm just going to go ahead and bring her in so we can start our conversation. Hey, Rashida. Hi. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for joining us today. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Let us know about you. Sure. Um, Well, hi, everyone. I'm Rashida Ahmed. I am a sexual wellness educator and intimacy coach. And a lot of the work that I get to do and I'm blessed to show up in the world as is someone who helps facilitate liberation and healing from sexual shame and trauma, specifically to Black bodies. But I love everybody. But my journey really starts in liberating us and where we've come from and what we've dealt with and educating us so we can feel confident and comfortable being sexual beings that we are, and just feeling at peace. I really believe that once we unload ourselves of the shame, the trauma, more often than not burdens us, we feel lighter, we feel more at peace, you feel more connected to yourself and the world around you. So that's who I am, and that's how I show up in the world. Well, I appreciate you for showing up in the world the way that you do, because there is a conversation I feel like that needs to be had more often. Um, I was telling you before how I told my husband how I wish we as women had conversations like this a little bit more um, instead of kind of like trying to figure things out on our own and then just like hiding certain parts of ourselves because there is an interconnectedness of a lot of things that we try to uh, compartmentalize and it just does not work. (laughs) It doesn't. It really doesn't. And it's so funny because as I have... really dived into my own journey and as well as seeing the clients that I work with and seeing them unravel their shame and the stuff that surround our sexuality, I started to really see how much it was connected to our ability to make money, to have money, to feel confident that money will come to us, like all of those factors. Um, I really started to see some huge connections and I was like, wait a minute, (laughs) what's happening here? And then as I dive in some more and I'm a little bit of a research nerd as well. So I really dived into some more of that and really saw that because of the energy that sexual energy brings, it literally creates life. Like it creates a life form. So therefore it can create anything. So when we don't have a connectedness to that energy, our ability to create from that energy actually diminishes, in which I feel is where the, the the financial parts come from, because we create our money. We create our ability to make money and feel confident that we can have money in this world and have the freedom that money can provide for us. But when we don't feel confident in the ability to create, how can we create the thing that we want, right? And so I really started to see how those things were connected. And I've seen in my own journey, as I've become much more liberated in that way, my financial journey has also started to reflect that. And so I was just like, oh, this is nice. (laughs) Yeah. You know? (laughs) Um, So when it came to starting my own financial journey, I, I was going about it thinking, oh, everything's black and white. Numbers are numbers. But what I've come to realize is, although the numbers are black and white, 
the journey that you took to get to this point to work on your finances isn't so black and white. Mm -hmm. So we have to be able to talk about the life element and all the messy aspects that touch finance, because if we ignore certain elements, we are ignoring certain parts of our financial foundation and then also just our overall confidence when it comes to finances. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. A little nervous, but <laughs> me too. <laughs> but excited. So we, you mentioned how when you started your journey, you started to realize that things were connected and you're like, hold on, <laughs> what's going on here? How did you dive further into that realization to figure out, okay, well, yeah, money and sex does go hand in hand? You know what? <clears throat> Sorry. It um, initially started from me unraveling, I will say, the negativity that I had around my money and right. uh, feeling confident. I didn't grow up in a an environment where we had a whole lot. We didn't have very, very little, but we didn't have a whole lot. There was still a very much of an energy of never having enough. Mm -hmm. And so I started to see how that not enoughness played in my relationships with partners, my relationships at work, my relationships just with myself even. And so I was hard to see, okay, wait a minute, I'm seeing a lot of similarities and polarities here that I'm actually not too too fond of. And I don't feel like this. And <clears throat> when I started to recognize that how I was showing up or how I had showed up in past relationships, how I had showed up in terms of how I treated my own body, like, you know, making a promise to myself. I was a girl who would make a resolution and then by week, you know, week two of January, the resolution went away. And so, you know, understanding that my, the relationship that I was having with myself even was showing up from a not enough space. And I had to be like, where am I seeing that? Where did I, like, where was I really first seeing not enough? And for me, it was in my early financial stories of feeling like we're not going to have enough. We just have just, just, you know, just, just the right amount, but never more, never excess, you know, very much that, that kind of a life. And so as I started to dive in, I started to really like sit with myself and uncomfortable feelings of what are the choices that I made when I thought things were, I, I wasn't enough or when I thought I wasn't going to have enough money or the 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 people who I associated with when I thought I was not enough. And so that really started to help me zero in on some of the connections because I was able to see how not enough and not feeling abundant mm -hmm. showed up in so many other areas. And especially I, I saw how it showed up in my sexuality and just feeling like having to either minimize it, having to hide it, having to... Um, not feel confident in what it and who I want to be in that way, how I want to show up, I started to see how really it was connected. And so that was really how I was able to dive in by just really looking at what are the ways in which I am showing up due to this thought that has, that seems to be running in the background, even yeah. though I'm telling myself I am worthy and I'm all the things, there was this other thought <laughs> that was running the running amok. I'll say it was running the show. And, um, I really had to look at that and then get to the the core of that. And, and then if I'm being honest, forgive myself for the choices, the actions, the, the decisions that I made that now the Rashida today can be like, okay, well, you know, had I known what I know now, no, I wouldn't make those choices because now I do recognize that I am enough, but I see how that played here. And then I can take that wisdom from 
those choices into today? That that makes sense. Um, and I think the fact that you did that, you were able to do that work um, speaks to your willingness to get to know you a little bit better because what I'm realizing as I'm working with different people is that many of us don't fully understand ourselves and how we operate. And then we also don't understand where a lot of our beliefs have come from, or we've buried it so deep that um, we can't seem to get the answer no matter how much we're searching because we, we become masters at burying certain things in our lives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so being able to definitely have, um, that perspective of, okay, well, where is this coming from? Oh, it's coming from this. And how is it affecting my money? How is it affecting my livelihood? How is it affecting everything else? I, I think it speaks um, volumes for sure. But can you go into more detail about how you think our relationship with our bodies affects our financial decisions? Like I know you mentioned that you um, had a mindset or a belief that you weren't enough, but can you go deeper into that? Yeah, absolutely. So for example, um, what I've understood, like with the relationship with my body today, I recognize that um, when I am not, so for example, when I'm not thinking I look beautiful for whatever reason, because as women too, our body fluctuates and changes, you know, all the time. And so if this is an attitude that I am bringing of not feeling fully at home in my body, because that's really what it's telling me. It's like, I don't feel like home in my own body if I'm looking at my body and not enjoying it because right. that tells me that something there's a disconnection and <clears throat> and so with that in understanding that okay what does it feel like to be home in my body and so that was the quest that I sort of started to go down that road and say what does it really feel like for me to feel comfortable confident inside of this body that I have, the one body that I'm going to ever have. And what does that look like? And then I started to see how my choices with money would affect that. So for example, if I wasn't feeling as confident, I would make maybe the not best choices in what I chose to eat. Or even um, I'm a person who I love to shop, but I have these cycles <laughs> when I will shop. And so if I'm feeling really great, oh, I will shop and buy all the clothes. But if I'm feeling not so great, I notice you barely buy anything for yourself. At that point now, my money right. becomes for everyone else. I recognize how now I put myself on the back burner by not appreciating and loving myself. And, and we do that throughout life, but I recognize how much that was connected to how I felt about my money and how I feel about my body. And even now, as I am much more in tune with my body, I can literally feel inside of my body when I'm making a choice that doesn't go towards my highest good or when I am making a choice that is like, yes, intuitively aligned, this is where you need to be, yes, make this purchase or yes, make this investment or no, don't do that or whatever it is. Now I have such a relationship and understanding with my body that it communicates to me because it was always communicating, I just didn't understand the language. Whereas now I understand right. the language that when my body is telling me, no, honey, don't buy that. Or yes, invest there. Um, so that was really the, 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 like the pivotal points of just understanding that when I don't feel at home inside of myself, I will more likely make choices that are not to my highest good. And that doesn't necessarily only mean in finances. That could be in other areas as well. But 
I did see a lot of connection in my financial wellness journey that how much it was tied to how I felt about myself, how I feel in my body, um, even medically, like how I feel physically in my body as well. I started to see how that was connected to how I showed up in terms of spending money or not spending money. Okay. Well, I know, <laughs> I, I know when I started my financial journey, there was a lot of me that was kind of um, bottled up for the lack of better words. Yeah. Kind of, kind of bottled up. So I had a lack of confidence in a lot of decisions that I was making simply because Again, I wasn't really aware of who I was, what really worked for me, and how I was truly functioning. And like you said, your body was communicating with you, but you didn't speak the language. And I can definitely relate to that because as time went on and I um, coupled my financial journey with my healing journey, then starting to realize that my body reacted differently, um, just in life being um, a lot more free, a lot less confined, like the um, confinement feeling. And yeah. it has made a huge difference in financial wellness altogether and just in life in general, simply because I am now realizing how everything connects to each other and um, that a necessary segmentation that people try to push you to do with finance because everything is so black and white just simply does not work. <laughs> it does not work. And it's so, and the thing is, in a way it does, because I feel that there are parts of us that needed to be black and white, needed to be, right. you know, yes and no, right? And then there are parts of us that needed to be fluid. And um, I recognize that I wasn't allowing for any fluidity in my financial journey because we are taught it's there, there is no room. It's either you have or you don't have, right? But there is, there's, there's so much gray in yeah. all of that. And I think um, in learning my body because there are mornings when I love it. And then maybe in the evening after I ate some things that I didn't feel like eating, I don't love it so much. And now we're in this gray area. <laughs> and so I had to start to learn that, okay, my relationship with my body mirrors my relationship with literally almost everything else, but specifically to my financial journey and how much that, that, how much that is impactful in our lives. Like our day-to-day -day lives are so much greatly impacted by our financial journey and our finances and just our how we feel about money, how we see money, all of those things. Mm -hmm. And um, I just think that it's, we, it would be more beneficial if we understood that we can really just add a little bit of fluidity there, add a little bit more grace in our journey. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not always going to be one way or the other way. Like there's always so much more wiggle room. And that's one of the biggest pieces that because in learning to love my body and give it grace, I learned to love my finances and give them grace too. And then in turn, it makes it for a much more enjoyable experience now, right? It, I don't have those negative or restrictive feelings around my financial journal anymore, journey anymore because I don't feel that about myself. Right. You know, I don't feel restricted. I don't feel that I can't be and do whatever I want to be. So therefore, my money also reflects that too now. Um, so I do think it's 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 incredibly important for us to give ourselves grace in both in all areas. I wanted to say both all areas, um, yeah, because it's it is we we're fed so much binary sort of way of being, and <laughs> that's not always the case <laughs> for sure. So 
You know, there's this um, book called Your Body Keeps Score. Um, and I find that because a lot of us are in survival mode or was raised in survival mode, that even though our outside looks different than how we're feeling inside, since our body has has been in this mode for so long that it's holding on to the little bit of control that it has. So in it overcorrects in trying to keep us, you know, from doing certain things that we ain't got no business doing or what it seems like we have no business doing financially, life-wise, things like that. Yeah. So um, in, that, in that respect, how would you say that understanding like our own sexuality, how that how does that affect how we handle money in your opinion? Ooh, that it's everything. So as you were saying, our body keeps the score. So our body literally holds on to that information and that's to do with sex, to do with money, to do with anything, right? And our body will hold it and store. It. And a lot of the times even it's not even just our information. We're talking generationally, we're talking what's ever embedded in our DNAs. We're also carrying those stories as well in the body. And I find when we understand our sexuality, because sexuality is largely expressed through the body, it frees you to now feel comfortable. It frees you to now feel um, safe in this area that typically held a lot of tension. Because as you said, our outside life could reflect very differently from what internally is going on, but because our body is still thinking and living and existing in a past time. We actually have to dive into the body to help what I call transmute that energy out of us because right. it will just stay there and then it just it just continues to grow. It just continues to manifest. So I find that when you understand your sexuality, when you understand who you are at that level, because I truly believe who you are in the bedroom is who you are everywhere else. And a lot of times we're not aware of who we truly are in the bedroom. And that could be Maybe you're a person who, for example, I'll speak about myself. I'm a person who enjoys ease. I'm a person who enjoys things to um, be done with care and precision. I don't like Russian. I don't like that type of right. um, energy. Isn't the like? Isn't my first? It's not my fondest. That right. shows up also in the rest of the rest of the way I I, I show up in my life. I am, even how I operate my business, it's very, um, I don't operate on, oh my God, I got to get this done right now. If I don't, it's, it, I can't, I can't even think like that because my brain doesn't want to do anymore. So when we understand who we are and how we feel on a sexual level, and that doesn't just mean with our partners, like it's really about who we are at the core of who we are. So that's what, like what you like, what you don't like. Mm -hmm. um, your past experiences, your ability to communicate what you want as well. That's another big piece. Oftentimes we can't communicate in that area. So then we can't communicate with our money and we don't ask for the raise or we take on more work that we should, you know what I mean? That's yeah. how it shows up there. So when we understand, and I want to say, give a little respect to our sexuality and the way our sensuality shows up, it helps us to free ourselves in our financial journey as well. Because as I said before, that energy is what creates life. So that energy also creates wealth. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm not tapped in or tuned in or even connected to the, that, the, the big energy that's creating everything in my life, then I'm sort of missing the mark and I'm just kind of 
living life um, without a true or I wouldn't say true, a full awareness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, full awareness. And so when you're connected to that part of yourself, you become more confident because oftentimes the messages that we receive in society minimize those parts of ourselves. And so when you then feel confident to even show up in the face of minimization, in the face of how dare you, in the face of the who do you think you are, you also do that in your money. You also do that with your family, with your partner. You know what I mean? It it kind of trickles, it trickles into every aspect. And that's one of the things I truly actually love about doing this work because I have found, I had thought initially it was really just to help people have great sex. If I'm being honest, that's what I thought it was. And it has morphed and it has evolved into helping people have great lives. <laughs> because once you start having great sex, even that's with yourself or with a partner, it you're happier. You now, you're, you're now thinking a little straighter. You're now more creative. <laughs> now you have innovative ideas. Now you're, you know what I mean? There's a piece that you have. So I didn't realize that that was all connected to to each other. So I do think it's it's in it's such an important piece of our lives that we don't give enough presence. And if we understood how much it was connected to everything else, then we would, right? But that's yeah. also by design too. So well, we're not going into that today. Because <laughs> every uh, one thing, or if there, if there are two subjects in life that I think people need to know more about, it is sex and it is money. Um, those are the two biggest things that people people want in life and that they that <laughs> makes people feel good. Yes. And the lack of education around those um, is is a bit wild to me because like again you said it's it's life and money is what helps us live this life. Thank and you. the fact that we don't have the insight or the conversations around it instead of oh this is checkbox budget save invest. Okay, cool. But what else? Because like I said before, yes the numbers itself might be black and white. But the journey it took for us to get here isn't. And I think as soon as we stop treating these topics as if it's taboo, things we will become a lot easier. Um, the idea of having to minimize myself or the, the femininity or the sexuality to make other people feel comfortable is, um, is, a, is stifling. And then we talked about before we started the podcast how... Um, you know, growing up or having conversations around sex, it there were no conversations. It mm-hmm. was just don't do it or I bet not catch you doing X, Y, and Z. <laughs> so it's just now you get into the world and you're kind of like fumbling, poking and prodding, see what you like, what doesn't work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As, um, and I know for me, as time um, has gone on, I, I just turned 30 this year. And this is the first year where I feel comfortable as myself. Um, and that has translated over from, of course, sexuality into finance, because there is a level of confidence there that, um, that wasn't there before. Yes. I had all the information in the world to do what I needed to do, but there were still elements missing because I was still trying to compartmentalize because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. And when really it was just stifling me in a really important area. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely resonate and feel you on that one. Completely. I definitely feel you on that. And I think that was the biggest aha for me when I really started to dive into my sexual wellness and my journey personally. Um, 
I recognized the confidence that came out. Like that part, I didn't know was going to be a thing. I wasn't aware that that was going to, I often call it like a, a beautiful byproduct. Yeah. Um, because you there's a, a knowing that you now have. There's an assur- a, a assurance that you have within yourself that you then carry into other more difficult topics. As you said, sex and money are taboo and they're quite challenging to talk about for a lot of folks. But if I know I can do one challenging thing here, then I also know I can do another challenging thing over there. And so it helps you. I find, I found for me, it has helped fuel me in the challenging parts of navigating our financial um, wellness journey. Like there are days when you're not going to always feel so great about it. Right. And you need that confidence to help you to keep going, to help me know that I can do hard things if I faced you know, this other giant over here, I can more likely face this giant over here as well. Absolutely. Um, someone over on Instagram, uh, La Lovely, she said, maybe that's why we see women have that get money attitude. They discovered their confidence. I believe so. I, I really do believe so. Because, uh, I think growing up, at least for me, there was a lot of, you can't do this. You shouldn't do that. Um, there was a lot of policing around just my body in general. Um, and that, that translated over into me as a a grown woman who was still timid in, you know, what it is that I'm trying to do and trying to accomplish and who I'm trying to impact and all that other stuff. And then as soon as I said, you know what, F this, (laughs) something has to give. And I started discovering more things about me, um, more things about my journey and healing and all that other stuff. It, that, that confidence has translated into, things that I never even thought about. Um, I'm able to communicate a lot better with certain people or communicate with my husband about things a lot better um, simply because I have tapped into that confidence that I did not have initially. Something about, I don't know, something about turning 30, just flip the switch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Listen, this 30, that decade is a very powerful decade. I'm in there and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Come through, 30s. Come through. You shaking stuff up. You shaking the table. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And I, I do believe that that is why um, when our confidence is turned on, we do feel like, yeah, it's get money. It's it's basically what I hear is conquer the world. Like it's not even yeah. just get money. It's it's conquer the world. It's have the freedom. It's I can do anything. I'm limitless. So that's really what that mindset um I hear when I hear get money because money will always come. Like what we do though, it's like a flow. It's a renew. It's a, I call it a renewable resource. It's always around. It's never not going to be there. So right. when you understand that you have confidence, just like your body, your body's always going to be here. You can love it. It's going to change, <laughs> but it's going to be yours. And yeah. so you learn to have confidence in all of the stages, all of the phases that it goes through. And I think that that's the important part also of bringing to our financial journey is like loving it through all the stages and phases that it goes through. So if you're in the stage of get money and F these, whatever, then that's where you are too. And that's cool because really you're saying I'm reclaiming what was taken from me. I'm reclaiming the fact that I have, I, I have been taught to minimize or um, keep myself to the back. I've been minimized to ask what, to answer what I bring to the table. That's, I don't have to answer those kinds of questions when I know who I am and I show up as who I am. And then you get to have that translate also into your financial journey. And I think it's, 
I think it's like, for me, I find sex and money are like so linked, it's not even funny. And even if you think about relationships, mm-hmm. like how people show up in relationship is so tied to how we feel about sex and how we feel about money. You know, the ideas of, say, if one partner is supposed to re- be responsible for the other partner, or one partner is supposed to pay for everything for the other partner, that also shows up in how you show up sexually. It's yeah. not going to not. <laughs> one yeah. partner is going to expect to have all the pleasure be on someone else's shoulder. And that's actually irresponsible when our pleasure is our responsibility and then we share it with another person, which I feel is like our money. My money is the money that I've created and then I'm blessed to share it with right. the people around me. Yeah. Yeah. And just going back to the relationship a- a- aspect, uh, something that me and Allison Wellington from uh, Align with Allison talked about was, you know, when you money in relationships, um, when you are stressed about money, at least with how my brain works, the waters run dry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stressed. There is no, there are no compartments for me. Everything bleeds over. Like my brain is like this big old yarn ball and everything is attached to one another. Whereas, you know, my husband or, you know, just other people in general, they may be able to have like, okay, well, this, I have this compartment. I have this compartment for that. I have this compartment for the family. I have my nothing box, as my husband says, you know, but for me, it's it's a ball of yarn and everything touches in not having that confidence around finances and not having that confidence around sexuality. They both like tear into each other really bad. And I think because those that relationship is heavily dependent on each other, when one is out of whack, <laughs> everything else is out of whack. Everything else. It's like a domino effect. I really believe it. And I and I even want to say, like, this is how oftentimes, like, just to even take it a little bit to another side, but just oftentimes this is how, say, financial abuse happens in relationship because we don't understand the connection between sexuality and our money. Yeah. We don't see when... An, uh, an abusive or a negative or um, unhealthy relationship is budding because we don't see that, that those two are connected. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's, it's really important for us to um, give presence. I want to say give presence to how important it is to notice how you show up in the relationship as well as with money. And as, even so like going back to what I said in the beginning, like getting to know yourself. So what are the the early stories that you heard about money and how people in relationship deal with money? Because it may not have even been you. It could have been a relationship that you've seen, your, you know, your parents or, you know, whoever was around you, family members, all of that. Even the relationships that we see in media, the relationships are everywhere. We see, you know, relationship goals all the time, but we're not actually understanding the connection between how are they showing up in relationship and how they're showing up with money. Because as you said, if you're stressed, and a lot of people are like that, if they're stressed, they're not able to really be fully present in the relationship either right. anymore because I'm stressed about money. Right. Because money creates safety in a lot of ways. So if I'm not feeling safe, I can't have intimacy. Like that's one of the biggest pillars of intimacy is safety. So from when the safety leaves the room, intimacy left too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, you got to bring the safety in. So that's why it's important for people in relationship, for people in, you know, couples, whatever have you to talk about their money and their sex, because they are so 
incredibly connected. And I find a lot of the times we take for granted that the person will just know mm -hmm. or they'll just understand. But if you don't have explicit, you know, open, honest, transparent conversations, a lot of the times we're not on the same page. And, you know, was it, I think it was like sex and money is a top divorce, you know, reasons. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason why those things are at the top of the list because they create such a dissonance. They create such a disconnection between couples because if I can't feel safe with you in terms of providing for me or if I can't feel safe for you in terms of creating pleasure for me, that erodes eventually the relationship. Um, so you can only fake that for so long. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> now, um, you've been talking about how our bodies are obviously going to be our bodies. Um, they're going to grow. They're going to change. They're going to do a bunch of stuff. Now, um, there is, I think, another connection between body confidence um, how you view your body and how that translates over into self-esteem and which ultimately trans over, translates over into financial wellness. So I know um, for me, everything, everything has been a domino effect on this journey. Um, so it was starting the financial journey, trying to check, do like the checkbox stuff, you know, budget, save, invest. But then it was like, okay, there are certain things in my life that are missing or there are certain things that are um, having certain things that need to be addressed. So let me go ahead and get to therapy so I can heal these, these past traumas that I've been sitting mm -hmm. on. But then I was like, okay, well, now that I am um, actively in therapy and I'm actively healing, I need to explore myself a little bit more. Um, I need to, you know, figure out what it is that I actually like, because on top of, you know, the narrative behind the conversations that you have as a young girl about sex. And then you, for me, and this is trigger warning for anybody in here, but then for me, who's also dealt with um, sexual abuse, there were so many le levers, levels <laughs> that I've had to like comb through to get to understand my body, what makes me comfortable, because a lot of that stuff was taken away from me by conversation and by abuse. Mm -hmm. And then now that I've kind of like gone through those levels, um, addressed what needed to be addressed. Now I, there's a more freedom that I never could have imagined having. And there's a level of, again, confidence that I've never imagined having or needing to have because I've been going through life like, you know, I, I'm cool. You know, I've gone through some stuff, but it's whatever. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. time, I'm being triggered by healthy things or I'm being triggered yeah, <laughs> by yeah. like random noises and sounds or whatever the, the, yeah. the case is. Um, so being able to see how the domino effect led me here and then realizing that there is that interconnectedness is, is, is very interesting because now with this level of confidence I've have, I have more confidence to be able to show up in business the way that I am now, even though, again, I was nervous as heck to have this conversation on a public platform. Um, but I'm also interested. Um, I'm also more confident showing up uh, to my clients during our sessions or during, you know, my regular live streams, things like that. It's there's all this translation. And then there's also me being able to create boundaries and stick to them because I used to not be able to do that. Um, and I was being piece. able to, <laughs> being able to put my foot down and be like, you better not cross it. <laughs> like things like that. It's all, um, starting finance, the finance journey has been, 
very eye-opening because at first I got my experience working in the bank. Um, mm -hmm. So I worked with mostly older white men. <laughs> yes. So. yes. And so that was the energy. That was the mindset. That was the thoughts around. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so being a being talked by these older white men of this is what finance is. This is what it should be. It should not ever do X, Y, and Z. And then I'm realizing, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> we are multifaceted human beings and there's a lot going on with us. <laughs> um we need to be able to talk about certain things in relation to money because we over here talking about, oh, well, I think I need to make more money. But towards the end of our session, we're talking about you need to go to therapy because you have a um, you you're still stuck in survival mode and you have a scarcity mindset when you have when you make X, Y and Z and your budget is looking like this. There's nothing wrong with your income. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of mm -hmm. things I realized that we think that we should talk about in finance is not the underlying problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what came to mind for me with what you were sharing just a while ago is like, that's very similar to like someone who suffers from body dysmorphia is that you understand that your body has changed, but when you look at it, it has not, right? Those are, those are the ideas that like when I'm still viewing my body, it hasn't changed. It's still very much what it once was. And so that's the idea. Like you think, it's I need to make more money. But in reality, it's the fact that maybe you don't feel worthy of the money that you already make or feel that you can sustain that money for whatever reason. And that could be based off of whatever traumas or stuff that you have experienced through life. And so I do think that that's really interesting that we tend to we tend to separate everything all the time. And I understand, like, as you said, you grew up, you, what you started in the bank, that's where we learned all that from. Most of us have all received some version of that as our blueprint of what finances are. And as you get more clear with who you are, I think that's how you learn really your financial relationship. Like I'm really of the idea and mindset that my financial journey is going to be completely unique from anyone else's because I am completely unique from everyone else. And I think if we honored that everyone's journey would look slightly different and we can really learn from one another opposed to it being, it has to be just one way. It can really be, you know, all the ways, right? Because, and we have different seasons in life. So what works in this season for me may not work in five years. And so it's right. a really allowing yourself to flow with that. And when you're in tune with yourself, I think you're more likely to flow opposed to sticking to once what was or feeling like what I have isn't enough or I, you know, whatever those negative thought patterns that show up, everyone will have them differently. But I think mm -hmm. it is important for us to allow ourselves to have the ability to flow to whatever, however our financial journey is going to look like. And that's, the same way I would encourage people to look at their journey with their their sexuality and with their body, it's going to flow. It's going to change. Like if that's one thing that's constant is change. So if we already know that and then operate from that mindset, um, we'll actually see a lot more balance within it, opposed to it feeling like I need to make more money because of blah, 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 you know, whatever that is for you. Yes. <laughs> now, um, as a sex educator and an intimacy coach, what are some things that you would recommend people to do 
um, to get to understand themselves and their sexuality a little bit more. Because I, I think, if I'm just going to be honest, mm-hmm. with the way that people act in media, it seems like there are a lot of repressed people in the world. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, what would you recommend for people to um, do to explore that? And then also so it can eventually trickle over into that confidence and everything else. You know, the first thing that came to mind for me as you asked that was really for people to spend some more time with just themselves, just for a moment. Like a lot, oftentimes we don't actually give ourselves a time or a chance to like be. And that's very much one of the first places that I always hate for people to start with is just like we get present with yourself. Because then once you are present, then you can start to explore, you can start to ask yourself questions, you can start to dive into certain things. That's when those confidence, um, the confidence pieces start to show up when I'm able to sit with myself. So I definitely would encourage people to just make the time to be present with yourself. um, Because that's when you'll be able to listen to your inner voice, as it's communicating to you what it likes, what it doesn't like, or you know, whatever it needs to say to you. Um, I think really that's one of the biggest pieces. I meditate a lot. Meditation is a huge part of my practice as well. Um, and just like moving our bodies and and allowing our body to be a body, like if that makes sense. Like yes. our bodies are made to move. They're made to flow. They were not made to stay rigid and stagnant and in one space. And so embrace your body doing what a body wants to do, right? And so- and eliminating the shame around that. And a lot of times that is what impacts us in our sexuality because my body might want to do something, but shame then comes and says something to me and I don't do it anymore. Yes. But we have to recognize that shame is just, shame is an energy that does not like light. But the minute light is shined upon it, it evaporates. It's a lot scarier than we actually think. It's a lot scarier than it actually is. Like it seems terrifying. It seems like, you know, if I step out and I express that I want my body to be touched or to be, um, I want to express myself in this particular way, it might feel like the world's going to come to an end if it's not received in a, in, in, in a, in a great way. And I get that. But the, the, I can assure you, the world will not come to an end, actually. <laughs> you will actually feel probably more empowered because you did the hard thing. And you allowed yourself to step out and, and, and seek what you do want. And another way I will say another tool is definitely educate ourselves. Oftentimes, we are making decisions off of very little to no information and to no viable information. So it's also like recognizing that's another part that shame and trauma love to do. They like to take away our ability to learn new things or to accept new information And so if you are interested in really connecting with yourself in that way is expose yourself to new information. And that sometimes is very uncomfortable because it now challenges all of the thoughts that I once had. But that's okay because the thoughts that I once had have led me to where I am. And if I no longer want to be where I am, I have to accept something new to shift me out of this space. So I definitely encourage people to become present Spend time with yourself, meditate, walk, whatever, read, like do whatever it is that you need to do for you to spend some time with yourself and encourage yourself to take in new information. Because a lot of the times we are making decisions off of the wrong information, off of what our sister's cousin's friend said 
when we were 12. <laughs> and now we in our 30s making decisions off of stuff that we were 12. Honey, let that go. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, but oftentimes we don't even know we're still holding it. Yeah. Until you're confronted with it, right? And so I encourage people to be cur- curious. Like sexuality is a curiosity sort of game. Cur- sexuality is is like like the ocean. Mm. It's never ending. It's just going to continue. It's just deep. It's wide. Like there's so much depth to it. But if we only let ourselves stay on the shore and we never go anywhere and we never allow ourselves to just go even an inch deeper, we miss out. And so that's where um, we then find ourselves in situations or relationships that are unsatisfying because we haven't allowed ourselves to go into what actually is satisfying and know that whatever is satisfying is is really good. Like, it's okay. I think a lot of folks, we've been taught that pleasure is a bad thing for some reason, especially women's pleasure is, <laughs> is a destructive thing. It's a, It needs to be controlled. It needs to be contained. And I really take the attitude that pleasure is anything that feels good. So if it feels good, and that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be sexual. It could be right. anything at all. So if it's a if it's a good thing, if it brings good feelings to you, then that can be equated as pleasure and to seek more pleasure because that's actually how we eliminate the trauma and the shame that's stuck in our body. Like, as you mentioned the book earlier, The Body Keeps the Score, Mm -hmm. one of the greatest ways that I have found that has helped transmute shame energy from us is pleasure and the energy of pleasure. And that doesn't only mean sexual pleasure. It could be mean this conversation is a pleasurable conversation for me, right? Right. It's a little bit nerve-wracking too because I don't talk a lot about finances in this way, but it's still pleasurable for me. So this is a way in which we can transmute the things that we don't want anymore by doing things that feel good. So it definitely sounds like we need to give ourselves permission to explore explore past the limiting beliefs that we have had. Um, So you mentioned having or taking in some new information. Mm -hmm. Where do you suggest people get that information? Oh, that's wonderful. Um, I mean, I'm (laughs) going to say straight. um, You have, I think, depending on what you're looking for, um, I will say this. There are sex educators everywhere. I am one, I am not the only, there are so many, and there are those who this is their calling as well in their own way. And so I, right. I, I implore people to find the people who speak to you. You know what I mean? Not who speak to everybody. <laughs> you need someone who speaks to you and who is living a life and, and their ideas reflect what you want. Right. So if you don't want what they're selling or what they got, then that's not the person who you need to be soaking in the information from because it's only going to lead you to what you don't want. And so it's again, once we've gotten present and we've had our chance to figure out what it is that I want and what I don't like now, then seek the people who fall into those categories that will give you the information that you're looking for. Um, Maybe it's uh, just wanting to learn more about your actual, like the physiologically of the, of the body. Like if you want to know about your body and your body parts, then learn about that. That information is readily available. Learn right. the different names, learn what it's called so that way you cannot feel shame around, you know, whatever it is that you want to call your parts. Right. So right. it's just 
it's just really seeking out who's for you and discarding the rest. Like I truly, like I believe like there's, there's enough information out there in this world. We can really get the things that we need if we just are a little bit more intentional. So, you know, opposed to, you know, we're scrolling mindlessly or just in, in taking everything and all things that we hear is apply a little bit of discernment to where am I really getting this information from? Who am I getting this information from? Um, what do they believe? You know, how do they operate? You know, what are the ways in which they show up in the world? I think that's the big piece. There's there's books, there's podcasts, there's shows. I mean, there's so much. We have we live in an age where information is like, like that. And so it's using the discernment to find who's for you because that's where you're really going to want to spend your time and energy because especially if you're looking to heal in that area, you want it to be the person or coming from a source that is going to help you bring you closer to what it is that you want opposed to steering you off into another direction. You know, and and I, you know, I'm just rip off the bandit. I'm gonna get a little personal. Go ahead, girl. <laughs> Let's get it. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> as I was scrolling through, uh, I think uh, probably Instagram, um, you know, some of the book talk stuff got over onto Instagram, as you know, content bleeds over. Yes. And I started seeing like these couples do challenges, um, based off of what they read and whatever spicy book that they were reading. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? That's interesting. Um, so I started looking at a lot of these titles and also reading a lot of like these romance books um, because there's an um, introduction that I've never had into um, sexuality. It's kind of just, eh, you figure it out yourself. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's the story for most of us. <laughs> Trial and error. <laughs> So reading like those those romance books, I've even come across um, uh, the Quinn app. Have you heard of that before? Yes, yes, yes. So I started listening to that app in it, like um, hearing the different stories. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely put things into perspective. And then it also helped me get a little bit more comfortable because I'm like, oh, OK, well, one, I'm not alone because there's a whole app based off of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then two, it's, um, it introduces you to things that you never would have even thought about or, um, experienced or anything like that. So uh, I, I think when people here, you know, find the information, I think they automatically assume, you know, find a coach. But I, I think if you start to like dive into, like, just dip your toe into certain, (laughs) certain things that are available to you, it'll open your eyes a lot. Um, especially with, you know, the, for me, I'm, I'm big on like sensory stuff. So mm-hmm. listening to the Quinn app with my noise cancellation, um, headphones, you're immersed. It, I am, I'm immersed, but that's, that has allowed me over these last couple of months to be a lot more comfortable too, because I'm, I'm seeing, oh, okay. I have no reason to feel this way that I do. Um, I'm holding, my body is still holding on to past traumas. So I need to like really name what I'm feeling and then also let, give myself permission to let those things go because obviously it's no longer serving me or it has not served me. So I need to just let it go. What's the Quinn app? Listen, don't be on this. Don't, don't be on this app judging me. 
no judgment. That's the point. That's the point, especially when it comes to sexuality. You can't add judgment into the mix. So no, the Quinn app is great. There's another one called Dipsy. And Dipsy is like audio. And so it's yeah. beautiful too. I love, and I think even on Spotify, even on, I'm sure you can find things yeah. on YouTube. Like yeah. there are so many ways. I'm a huge fan of erotica or erotic poetry. Like there's ways, information just gives us vocabulary. And then when we have vocabulary, I can communicate. I can't talk if I don't have the words, right? And yeah. so that's literally why I tell people find the information because then it will give you the language We've sometimes unbeknownst to us, we have we then get the language to then communicate what we want, what we don't want, what we'd be interested in trying. Oh, I never thought that was possible. Like it just gives you ideas. Um, and there's so much. There's TV shows. Like I love to watch a good rom com mm -hmm. for that reason. For it helps to give you visually now new ideas, new things to try out. So I definitely think it's 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 impactful to just. Don't be afraid of new, sure. like essentially. That's what it is. Like if it's different, if it's new, you know, maybe take a look at it and give yourself permission for even when it is uncomfortable. What I like to do is you don't have to do everything all at once. No. Like we can do everything, but we don't got to do it all at once. And so it's if reading something, maybe it starts to, you start to feel triggered or you start to feel uncomfortable. Okay. Yeah. Put that away for now. Like, I think it's, we have to learn that it's a journey. You don't have to conquer the world all today. You know, it's just put that away, give yourself some time and space. And when you're ready, you go back to it. Um, but I think it's always just allowing yourself that space to do so helps us get the information and get the vocabulary that we need so we can feel free, we can feel comfortable. Cause um, it's that stuff that keeps us stuck. Yeah. It's our inability to communicate that really keeps us from being free in one, our sexuality, and free in our finances, Absolutely. right? It's because I, I can't speak about the thing or I don't feel confident to speak about the thing, then here we are. <laughs> here we are. For, for, um, I, I know, Sky, you were asking, but for those of you who are also curious, it is um, an audio erotic, audio erotica app. Um, there's a lot of creators on there who um, create stories, scenarios, um, and yeah, pretty much stories and scenarios that you can listen to. Uh, Jesse Williams, his uh, he did the oh crap, I forgot what it's called, but the three part series. I really enjoyed that series. I have not listened to that, and I will because Jesse and Williams is uh, nice to look at. <laughs> and first off, I've never seen an episode. What was he on? Um, I don't even remember what show was that. Some some Grey's Anatomy was it? Grey's I want to say Grey's Anatomy, but I've never seen a single episode of Grey's Anatomy. But once I saw that he was doing like um like a a series with them, I was like, okay, let me go ahead and listen to it. After the first one, because they were releasing it, you know, once a week. I was so mad after listening to the first one and then having to wait a week for the next <laughs> one. It was like, <laughs> but anyway, yes, it's a um, it's an audio app. And uh, they specialize in erotic stories and um, just audios in general. Yeah. But listening to that, um, those apps and the stories, it like you said, it gives you that vocabulary. And it allowed me to have a little bit more confidence with um, communicating um, new things. Because, you know, as you get older, what you yeah. do like, you don't like anymore. Exactly. <laughs> You're constantly always you're constantly having to tap in with yourself and then also letting the pe the person that <laughs> tap in with you. <laughs> yeah. 
But I, I, I really am enjoying this conversation because it there is um of there is a freeing that happens when you get comfortable with yourself because now that you're confident and making decisions that you normally wouldn't uh, made decisions of, or you would have second guessed yourself when um, you had the information, but you weren't confident in making that decision still. Right. Right. So when it comes to that, that self-expression and um, we talked about sexual uh, sexuality kind of being empower empowering and sometimes people want to like cage that feeling or feel like it needs to be controlled but i i think once we give ourselves the permission and i'm going to keep saying give us our give ourselves our permission because we are grown and we can now bypass a lot of the the teachings that we got as we were younger we can let those go because who who's gonna say something to us at this point? really <laughs> right right and i always like to ask like who does it benefit for me to feel this way about my body because oftentimes, if I'm not the beneficiary, <laughs> this is not the right answer. <laughs> it is so not. We, really, we can start asking ourselves like some hard questions, like who does this really benefit when I feel, you know, caged up in my sensuality? And here's the thing, because you know, people we walk around with an attitude, walk around because it, it um, with these negative feelings or things have blown up more than they should have because they just have this pent up. <laughs> It's a thing. <laughs> That's why I said earlier, it seems like a lot of people in media, they are just repressed yeah. <laughs> and they need some help. Yeah. Um, because a I think since this is such a normal part of our lives, if we um, had these conversations as much as, as we needed to, to feel comfortable as, you know, a society and just um, as a community in general, mm -hmm. I, I think, how we interact with each other would be a lot better because there's not that um, there's not that hesitancy, I guess. Um, and you can come out being who you are instead of just, oh, let me feel them out and see if they can actually handle my personality, if they're actually going to vibe with me. No, you show up as your authentic self from the start and then you let people make those decisions um, instead of oh, well, we've been in this relationship for six months because I've kind of hid this part of myself from me and then realized we're incompatible this way and we wasted six months of our time. <laughs> and that happens so often, right? Like I'm yeah. sure we've all had stories where that has been the case. And that's why um, I feel like the sexuality piece and understanding that part really ties into who we are authentically. Mm -hmm. um, because, and I feel like that's actually one of our, best defenses and offenses in the way that we have to show up in the world, right? So if I don't want to engage in people who um, are more negative or manipulative or whatever those adjectives I want to use, if I show up authentically without masks, without who I think you need me to be, I'll be quickly, it's much more quicker for me to discern if you're for me or not, because my body's going to tell me, <laughs> you know, it's going to say, nah, -uh, like that's not the vibe. Or if someone is forming my body, we'll also still communicate that too. And I do think that it's it's interesting and, and really important that we allow ourselves to just be authentic, as scary as that seems. And it really shouldn't be because you being you is the best you possible. <laughs> but I get that we're sometimes authenticity isn't celebrated. It isn't, you know, 
it's almost sometimes punished if if, yeah. we, if we call it you know it's sometimes punished to be yourself um and i think that we should switch that narrative as much as we can and recognizing that in your authenticity is where you will have the abundance the wellness the fulfilling you know interactions that you actually want you're not going to be with people who you realize six months down the road this isn't it because i was authentic from the jump and i realized oh we're not <laughs> compatible yeah. by like week two it's quite easy like i'm in the dating journey and i have found that as uh, being as authentic as possible has been one of the reasons why my journey dating has been as wonderful as um enlightening i'll say um it has been It has been healing mm -hmm. as well, right? In terms of just like learning more about myself with each person that I interact with, with each 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 guy that I I connect with, I learn a little bit more about myself because I was authentic when I met them. And then, however we, uh, however the connection unfolds, I can trust knowing that I showed up as my full self, yeah. and that really alleviates all this pressure too. Because when we have on all these personas, <laughs> there's a lot of pressure. Yes. And why? <laughs> if I can just be myself, then I will I will also connect with someone who's also being their self. And that's really what we want. We don't want people who have we have to be personas with. That doesn't yes. work. Yes. Because um, this is also translated over into business uh, and just personal brand in general, because um, I, the email that I sent out letting people know that, Hey, we're doing this podcast. I had to like add a disclaimer at the beginning. Like, listen, I know that this isn't the type of conversation that you expect from me, <laughs> but it's the conversation that needs to be had. But for the heck I've been in business for six years now for the mm. last six years, there has been this persona and it has been so exhausting to keep up because on the internet, I'm showing up as this polished, you know, I'm trying to do it this way. Um, you know, I don't want my personal life or anything to bleed over, compartment, uh, compartmentalize. But then as soon as I can, you know what, I'm tired of this. I don't have the energy for it anymore. Let me just go ahead and tear down these walls. People don't like me or they're not. Either way, it's not my problem. <laughs> um, but I realized yes. I, um, just the last couple of months of being my authentic self and slowly opening the door of, Hey, you know, this is who I am. <laughs> Don't come at me crazy. <laughs> um, it has opened more doors for me. Um, and it has allowed me to create more genuine connections and have more genuine conversations than what I've had before. Yeah. And having that bleed over of, okay, um, being comfortable in my own body, being comfortable with myself and now being able to translate that over into just overall confidence in whoever I'm talking to and whatever else I'm doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I definitely agree. I I feel you on that completely. Um, it's so, it's just like I'm hearing myself, like I'm hearing myself and just like, yes, like one understanding and one feeling confident in this area, knowing that I can be authentic, knowing that if people like it or don't like it, there's not much I can do about that because someone else's feelings are not my responsibility. And oftentimes right. we believe that someone's feelings are our responsibility, especially as women. We have been taught that for eons, right? And so when you then break the mold, so to speak, and be authentic, be yourself, <laughs> you've challenged that. 
and you challenge those kinds of um, ideologies. And but it's so much more freer. You meet people that maybe you wouldn't have met had you had stayed being who everyone thought you needed to be. Um, opportunities, like you're saying, have been just coming out of the woodworks because you're now stepping into what I feel is your true alignment. Like I feel like that's oftentimes when we're not living in alignment to who we yeah. were really called to be because we have these personas, we have these masks, we have these, you know, we're mom here and then we're daughter over there and then we're wife over there and then we're girlfriend over here and then yeah, we somebody else's cousin so-and-so. Like, it's too much. <laughs> so many it's titles. Too <laughs> it's too much. Like, just be you and be the same you everywhere you go. And that's why going back to the beginning, I said, when we know who you are in the bedroom, it's a lot easier to know who you are outside of it. Because if I know that in the bedroom, I'm a woman who wants to be, um, I want to feel that I can be empowered here. I want to feel that my needs can be met. I want to feel that I can also serve and provide for someone because that's also a, 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 a quality of mine that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. If I know that about myself in the bedroom, then I can bring that to the rest of the world and I can show up being a woman who wants to be taken um, with respect. I'm a woman who knows that I can come up and I can speak my mind with confidence opposed yeah. to feeling like, oh no, if I say this, they're not going to like me. Right. I like me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's, 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 that's the energy that really, that I think once we become authentic, that's the energy you start to bring. You start caring less and less about the thoughts, the feelings, the ideas of others and really prioritizing your thoughts and feelings and ideas. Um, and that's when I feel like, especially as women, we are the most powerful. For sure. Like, well, like I definitely feel like that. That's, that's where our power lies. And so it's not surprising that we're taught to do the opposite, right? Like, <laughs> that's not a surprising thing, but, you know, we can reclaim it if we choose to. Absolutely. Now, we talked about, like, um, shame and how sexuality is so taboo. Um, how can addressing the shame and the the taboo influence positively influence our financial well-being in your opinion? Ooh. <laughs> the word millionaire came to mind for me. <laughs> if I'm being honest, that's the first word that just went across my mind and I believe that um in reading Rachel Rogers' book, We Should All Be Millionaires. Yes, I loved her book. As did I. And I've really heard how much shame and trauma has impacted us generationally. The reasons why some communities just don't have, right? And they right. and systematically we just we're not we're not we're not in that space of having. And I feel like those energies, and I I call them energies because that's really what they are. They're, they're insidious energies that come in and they seek to suck life, right? They seek to take away. That's what they seek to do and they seek to control. Whereas our finances are an abundant thing. Our finances really, like the ability to make money really could be limitless if we allowed it. Like yeah. if we truly, because there are some people in this world who live that life. We have examples of people who walk this earth right now who it seems like their finances are completely abundant, right? Yeah. They're infinite. And so we know that it's possible. So I think that once we understand the impact that shame and trauma has had on us as a generation, as um, 
people culturally speaking and just how it has impacted you personally, it helps you to feel more confident in the choices that you're going to make financially, in the choices that you're not going to make financially. Um, and that's how, to me, I feel that shame and trauma has worked to keep us from being millionaires or keep less of us as from becoming millionaires, mm -hmm. less of us from feeling, and the millionaires, I say millionaires, but I mean as in like just feeling safe with your right. money, feeling confident that I am financially secure, you know, I'm not concerned about things being paid, not being paid, all of those things. Right. And I really truly feel like shame and trauma play a role in maintaining the status quo of people feeling dysregulated with their money, feeling unsafe with their money. Because if you feel that way, you consume more. If you feel that way, you will listen to whatever information then comes to you. And so I, I definitely think it's important that we start to unravel the impact that shame and trauma has on ourselves and how much it connects to our, our finances. Because I have seen in my own personal life and in sometimes the lives of my clients, how exponentially you, their financial journey will change once they start to get connected and start to unravel the shame and trauma that they've experienced. For example, it could be something as if your shame and trauma keep you in a relationship that is not healthy for you, you start to un you start to heal that, you start to let go of that, all of a sudden this relationship no longer has a hold. Mm -hmm. You walk away, you become free. Now you have um, a whole other mindset of what's possible for you. Right then and there, you've, you've changed your financial journey just in that alone by walking away from a relationship that at the time was serving you, Mm -hmm. But because you've now healed certain things, it doesn't fit with your life anymore. It has taken up space for what actually was meant for you. And so now once you remove it, you then open yourself up to possibility. Yeah. I think that's one of the things that shame and trauma come for is our possibility, is our ability to dream, our ability to think that anything is available and everything is available to us um, once you start to heal those things. I'd like to say befriend your shame and trauma because it's not necessarily like you're never going to ever experience shame and trauma. I don't never, I don't not have shame and trauma anymore. I do. Even though I am, I am someone who actively works in this world every day. It's just, I have the tools to move through them. Right. Right. So I think it's just understanding that if we are, um, conscientious about really looking at our shame and trauma as scary, as hurtful, as heavy as they are, we can transform the rest of our lives for sure. Because I've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah. And uh, to add to that, I know once I started to address the shame and the taboo around that area of my life, and I started to have that that confidence that I didn't even know existed, um, my scarcity mindset has also been, I'm not going to say completely eliminated, but it's damn near gone. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because mm -hmm. It's like, all right, um, I can see, oh, I have uh, this much money in my account, but I don't want to spend this on this. I'd rather use it on that. And I'm like, no, you know, money is going to be flowing. It's it, Money isn't finite. It's infinite if we allow it to be. And allowing myself to just 
treat myself here and there without that that guilt and the shame of, well, I could have used this money for something else. Okay. And I can still use a new money for that other thing that I was thinking about. Exactly. It's okay. Exactly. Um, so being able to see that um, translate over into that confidence and then translate that over, uh, translate that over into, I don't have that scarcity mindset as much as I used to. It, it's a, it's a interesting, but very beneficial domino effect because I realized that a lot of the, the women that I end up working with, one of their biggest mindset issues is lack is scarcity because they're like, what if I don't get paid next week? Girl, who said you weren't going to get paid next week? You yeah. Where, where, where did that come from? <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> But it's because um, a lot of us have been used to um, operating from scarcity or we have lived a scarcity or a scarce life that now we're kind of comfortable, but we want to hold on to everything that we have just to make sure that we stay comfortable. But it's like you can't you can't you can't expect to have things flowing in. Or you can't expect to get new things if you're grasping onto everything so daggone hard yeah. because you're not willing to receive anything. You're not, right. <laughs> that's not the energy that you're putting out. <laughs> no, not <laughs> at all. You're, you're closed off to everything. You're closed off to possibility. You're closed off to abundance because you want to keep the little bit that you have and you're not opening up yourself for more. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge turning point for me because I'm seeing that, all right, I, there's no reason for me to be like this. Am I a millionaire? No, <laughs> but are we comfortable? Yes, it's okay mm -hmm. to it's okay to to do things that have nothing to do with your financial uh, goals. Sometimes yeah. it's all right um, as long as you don't go crazy. And having to have this inner dialogue with myself, or really my monologue with myself, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a monologue sometimes. I hear that. <laughs> I'm literally having to coach myself constantly. And give myself that permission to just, it's okay. Let it go. It's going to come back. Jesus. <laughs> like, I, and I hear you on that. Like, I, it's a daily conversation. <laughs> it's constant. And I think even to tie it to pleasure, like, that's one of the ways that a lot of people look at pleasure. There's only so much that could be had. Yeah. There's only so much. And a lot of times we've been taught, especially if we talk about just traditionally how a lot of folks consider sexuality and sex. It's like sex is done when the partner, specifically the male partner, is done. Right. But that doesn't mean pleasure is over. There is an abundance of pleasure. But if we've been conditioned to believe that it's done because they're done, that means our limit, we are capped. And so we then take that into our money as well, where we, we start to feel like there's always limits. There's always caps. There's always yeah. going to be um, only just so much that you can have. And then, yes, yeah, so I then hold on to what I have because yeah. this makes me comfortable and I think it's important and it's so funny because I chuckle at this the ideas of like that it's not abundant like I chuckle almost I chuckle now I remember the days when I felt the same way mm -hmm. right and so it's not to say that I didn't come from feeling very in a lack of mindset as well and feeling like yeah I don't, I'm not going to have enough as I said that was my story running so that translated into everything and so when I started to understand my shame and understand the trauma that has been subsequently either caused some of the shame or is now, you know, it has um, impacted the shame, I'm able to see how, oh, everything is abundant. Like I can have enough. I can have more than enough pleasure. I can have more than enough money. Like it's 
there is no reason for you to feel like you shouldn't be able to have more than enough when enough, like if we look at the universe around us, if we look at the earth around us, it's abundant in nature. Right. We are also created from the same stuff. So why wouldn't we also be abundant by nature? And so when we don't challenge those thoughts, Mm -hmm. we get stuck into feeling like I have to hold on to these things just for dear life because I'm not sure if I'll have enough when the reality is we will always have enough. Like, right. Since the day we were born, we've been provided for. So why would it stop today? (laughs) It's not going to stop today. (laughs) Right. And then on top of that, we just, there are seasons. There's, you know, ebbs and flows. Um, Some seasons you may be more abundant than others, but either way, as, as long as we continue to give ourselves that permission to feel pleasure, to be confident, to let go of things, even though um, we want to keep holding on to it for the, for safety's sake, we need to be able to still have um, that mindset of no matter what season I'm in, I still need to give my permission, myself permission to thrive um, instead of reverting back to that um, the struggle to survive mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, and I can't even begin to tell you how many high six figure earners that I've worked with who I've looked at their numbers and they're like under fifty percent of their uh, utilization for all of like their mm. and all that, and they mm-hmm. still. They still refuse to go and get themselves their their nails done or their mm-hmm. hair done. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have enough disposable income. You've invested this month. You've saved this month. You've paid down debt this month. Your bills are paid. I, your homework is to go spend something that has nothing to do with your financial goals. Yeah. 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 And that's, I can, yeah. Yeah. I could, you're speaking to me. I could see <laughs> because as I, I yeah, totally. <laughs> I can feel that because you know, when we are living in a mindset of not having enough and then you start to see the way out, it can become very, um, it's liberating, of course. Yeah. But then sometimes our liberation in itself can then now become a shackle because we are not going past that. Like there's levels, there's always new levels to to keep going to. And that's one of the things that I've learned so much in navigating my sexuality is there's always a new level. Just when you thought, you know it all. <laughs> you something else is gonna come out of the woodworks, and so for me, in understanding that, I see that that's the same in my financial journey. So thinking to myself, like, yes, okay, you've gotten it all taken care of. You can splurge a little bit. For me, it's I want to go on a vacation. Yeah, I will only do it if it's tied to work <laughs> because I'm trying to make it, you know feasible financially and all the things and it's like girl go on vacation and live your best life stop this (laughs) so we're we're always trying to wait like wait till we make more money wait until we reach the next goal and I'm like okay I don't know how long you think you're going to be this young but (laughs) I need you to put it in your budget somewhere that you can take a vacation once a year or once a quarter or whatever the case is because yeah we have um use of our limbs and stuff now but when we get 50 60 70 years old we don't know what things are going to look like so yes take the vacation within reason stop like trying to you know oh i just i feel like i have to wait until like the perfect moment there's never going to be a perfect moment financially ever ever because you don't you just don't know as long as you have the foundation you're taking care of yourself i uh, having that confidence in giving yourself permission to live is going to be one of the best things that you can do for yourself on your financial journey. Because the more and more you keep holding yourself off for, uh, in the name of delayed gratification, 
the more likely it is that you're going to resent your financial journey because you're going to be like, what the hell am I doing this for? I can't even enjoy myself. I worked 80 (laughs) hours over two weeks and I can't even go to happy hour. What is happening? Yeah. That's why I say all work and no play causes financial discipline this way because eventually you're going to say F this and go and now you got to start over. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Speak my whole life. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. And it's funny that you said like, I wanted to just like pin what you said about giving yourself, yourself permission to live. And I think that's what, it's unfortunate that we have to give ourselves permission to live, yes. but that's literally what we have to do each and every day is live your life. Don't just exist in it. Like we didn't just come here to just pay bills. <laughs> we did not just come here that like, we did not just come here to pay bills. Like we came here to live and to experience and oftentimes we need permission to do so. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's telling yes. that as society, we find that we have to be giving ourselves permission just to do the thing that we were literally created to do. We were created to come here and live yet I have to per- give myself permission <laughs> to do the thing that's my factory default setting is to live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's what I was programmed for yet. I need permission to do so. Um, but give yourself the permission. Like if that's what we got to do, then that's what it is because this life is meant to be enjoyed. It is meant to be experienced. Um, you are meant to feel it and feel all of it opposed to just focusing on one goal after another, after another, after another. So. Yes. And what Sky said over here in uh, Instagram is the mindset from the older generations used to be retire, then have fun. Absolutely TF not. No, no, I'm no. not even subscribing to that. No. That's like a curse word to me. Don't you dare speak like that to me. I think the the last podcast guest, I think it was the last podcast guest. She said that um a year after her mom retired, she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And um we don't know. Listen, we don't yeah. know how long we're gonna be here. We're here no. for a good time, not a long time, right? <laughs> um, there needs to be a balance, and there have been people for the longest talking about, um, talking about there is no such thing as balance. You a whole lie, because yeah. that sounds like one a limiting belief, and you can keep that to yourself. Thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> two, that just sounds like you're incapable of creating balance because you don't see that for yourself. And I hate that for you, but I don't see that for me. Um, there has to be some sort of balance. Now, some, again, depending on the season you're in one season, you might be hustling more than what you're, you're used to other season. You may be chilling more, but either way it will balance out. If you have the proper structure and you have a plan that you're working and you're, um, not letting life just happen to you. And yeah, I, that you can't create balance mindset. I'm not subscribing to that whatsoever. You can. I think you definitely can. You can create balance. You can have harmony. Um, You can have all the things that you want to have. It's your life. I think that's, like you're saying, it's because it's limiting a belief that they have that they're trying to now put on everyone else. But that's not at all the case. I believe that we definitely are possible having a balanced life or balanced um, journey, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, because as you said, different seasons will be different things. And I think that it's important that in the balance and in seeking balance, I think one of the key components is grace. It's hard to give yourself to have balance if you don't ever give yourself grace because then you'll always be working or, you know what I mean? Like you won't give yourself the permission to live because then shame tells you, what are you doing? You need to go 
you know, all those those narratives come up and tell you what you're doing is wrong. So that's why you need to find the the the, the grace in order to give yourself balance. And I feel like most people would be a lot more happier, a lot more fulfilled, a lot more at peace within themselves if they were able to find their semblance of balance because yeah. my balance is going to be different from everyone else's balance. And I think that's also the problem is we are subscribing a one size fit all to something that is not one size fit all. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, that's my biggest pet peeve in the finance industry is they, people give like this blanket statement advice. I'm like, okay, what, but what else you got? Cause yeah, that's not gonna work for me. Yeah. Now, um, now that I've taken this approach to holistic financial um, coaching, instead of we just worrying about finance, um, what are some strategies or what can you add to a strategy that allows you to integrate body positivity, sexual empowerment, so that it translates over into financial wellness? Ooh, one of my one of my favorite things to do is actually to incorporate my financial affirmations during the act of like say self-pleasure or a partner experience. Really? Yes. Because the two, as I said, that energy creates life. I may not want to have an actual baby right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the only thing I want to create. <laughs> There's other things. There's yeah, other true. things. So I like to integrate, like if there are goals, if there are, um, yeah, because that affirmations, like for me, one of the affirmations that I have is every time I... <laughs> Every time I come, I quadruple my income. <laughs> <laughs> I've since turned it to I've I I octuple my income because I like the I like the number eight now. <laughs> but integrate that in a moment. You know, it could be you and your partner, and in a moment of pleasure with your partner. You're communicating that I'm really happy. I'm really proud of how you look after us. I really thank you for keeping us feeling secure or, you know, whatever your affirmation is. But I think it's important to bring your two worlds together yeah. in ways that feel right for you, right? So it could just be I am powerful. I am. I have the ability to create wealth while you're in a moment of pleasure, and that could be just literally be it. But it's something about changing our mind, changing our thoughts, changing our body. We're already in a state of pleasure. So now we are in pleasure then puts us in a receptive receiving state. So if I'm in a receiving state and now I'm pouring good words, um, words that are going to speak to my higher self in that same time, that's powerful. And then continuing to do that, you see that those times you start to shift the way that you think and feel and act um, towards your sexuality and your financial journey. So I definitely would say integrate the two in every way, in any way that you could, whatever ways to feel, you know, whatever words <laughs> are spicy for you. <laughs> Use them. Use them. Like and, 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 and just make it fun. I really feel like you can you know, if there's a goal that your partner wants to meet, maybe they have like a huge proposal that they're, and we want this proposal to go through, then you better believe you're going to have some fun visualizing <laughs> what it looks like when we get the congratulations email. <laughs> okay. You know, like that's how I approach life. Like, you know, if um, 
in the, it, currently as we speak, my family and I are manifesting a new home. Mm-hmm. And so one of my practices at this moment, as we're speaking, is when I'm in the pleasure moment, it's congratulations, you've been approved. Congratulations, like here are your keys. <laughs> congratulations. That's literally the energy <laughs> that I'm bringing in because I know that that energy is powerful and I know that it, I'm in a state of receiving because pleasure is felt. I receive pleasure. I don't, I can give pleasure too, but a lot of times I'm receiving it. So I want to be in a, a wider, more powerful state of reception. And so I'm going to also infuse it with what I need and what I want as well. So I would definitely say, bring in those affirmations, talk to yourself nice, <laughs> talk to your partner nicely while you're feeling good. Because why not? <laughs> I like it. It's simple and effective. And effective. <laughs> and you don't need anybody. Like I've done this when I'm having no partner. I've done this when I have a partner. It doesn't mean it's reliant on anyone. It's really right. about you. And I think that's why it's so powerful because you are really the conduit of whatever is going to come into your life. So if I'm looking for or calling in certain things, I'm going to do it in a state where I know I'm in total receptivity. I like that. I like that strategy a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So add in some fun words while you're having fun. <laughs> now, um, as we come to a close for this conversation, I want to highlight how important um, having self-care and self-awareness is on this journey. Um, there are going to be a lot of things that seem like they do not connect to each other, um, but I assure you that one way or another that they do. And um, it's important to give yourself permission to feel those things, to um, to live, to just experience life and life more abundantly, because I do believe that we are abundance isn't finite. Um, and if we are receptive to those things, that it will come to us easier than what we have been dealing with the, for a good portion of most of our lives. So please make sure that on your financial journey and on your journey of learning who you are um, in terms of pleasure and then just sexuality, that you give yourself permission to just be present, experience the pleasure, um, and just live. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. For those of you um, who are interested in learning how to uh, create a system, a financial system around healing, um, pleasure, and then of course, financial balance, you're going to want to join my free five-day A Balanced Life Challenge. I have completely revamped it. Um, and we actually start on the 31st. You can either click the link in my bio or you can scan the QR code on the screen. Or if you're watching um, this on Instagram, you can send me a DM. Either way, the links are going to be available and you can register. It is free. But this is going to be five days worth of us um, just looking at finance holistically and you walking away with a, a wealth building system outline that will grow to do the heavy lifting for you and ultimately have that balance of life life's pleasures and financial goals at the same time. Mm. Now, Miss Rashida, where can the people find you? <laughs> Ooh, um, I guess the best place to find me would be on my website, RashidaAhmed.com or on Instagram at I am Rashida Ahmed. Um, those are the places that I mostly hang out <laughs> in terms of the online world. Uh, I'm definitely more of a 
in person, in live, in love and color kind of kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely Instagram would be a wonderful place to find me and connect with me. That's where most of my up and coming stuff are. Um, but yeah, that's that's the best places to to get a hold of me if you wanted to get in con- connection. Phenomenal. Well, I definitely appreciate you having this conversation with us today. It has been eye-opening, I know, not only for me, but for, pe- for people in the audience, for sure. Um, does anybody have any questions before we let Rashi to go? Let's see. We've had some good feedback about this episode so far. That's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm loving it. I had a phenomenal time too. It was a great conversation. I enjoy talking about um, sex and money. It's interesting because money was a conversation that I never liked talking about prior. And in healing, the shame and traumas around that, it's yeah. now like, let's talk about it. Let's get into the things. <laughs> so <laughs> I had a good time too. Awesome. I don't have any questions yet, but uh, Sky said, great talk. I learned a thing or two. <laughs> awesome. Phenomenal. Well, Rashida, again, thank you for having this conversation with us. Um, and I will be reaching out to you soon. No problem. Thank you for having me. Of course. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you guys for watching today's episode of uh, the A Balanced Life podcast, where we talked about pretty much how sex and money relate and how it is important to give yourself permission to live. The replay will be available on YouTube, so you can go ahead and check it out. Um, And make sure to either send me a DM or tap the link in the description box or in my uh, bio to join the five-day challenge that's happening on July 31st, and it lasts until that Friday. But until next time, y'all, peace, love, and bags, and I will talk to you later.